Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. Our guest is Paul Barabault, president and CEO of San Diego Zoo Global. Paul is a committed conservationist and pioneered tying conservation projects to films, collaborating with leading nonprofits to plant millions of trees and help protect millions of acres for wildlife worldwide. Welcome, Paul. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you. And I know you have a big announcement to make. And uh, I know this is World Wildlife Day, uh, or near World Wildlife Day on March 3rd. And the San Diego Zoo has a major global announcement in the world of conservation with the all-new brand identity and innovative vision to help tackle wildlife's largest challenges with the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. Can you please tell us all about this? Absolutely. This has been a remarkable journey for this organization. Uh, San Diego Zoo Global started 100 years ago, 105 years ago to be exact, where we started to really learn the care and conservation of wildlife. Over these past 105 years, we've really grown up as an organization. We've pursued incredible conservation work over these years. And we realize today with everything that is going on in the world with the evolution of of COVID affecting all of our lives, changing everything we knew about the world, that we needed as a conservation organization to step forward and say, now is the time to recommit ourselves. Now is the time to be more focused in our vision and our purpose and really making sure that when we show up in the field to support conservation work, we're showing up with our partners as the most effective partners as we possibly can be. So the change of our name from San Diego Zoo Global to San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance is at its core about making sure that we are showing up with our partners and our work first. So what makes an alliance so very critical to to the efforts you have in uh, conservation? Well, I think at the, at, the, at the core is that there are tons of conservation organizations all over the world, many, many doing very, very good work. And what we realized here at San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance is that we have a unique set of skills that we get to show up in those landscapes with to help wildlife. We have cared for animals for 100 years. We've cared for plants equally as long. We have the ability to bring that knowledge and skill to bear to support partners in the field from community leaders to other large conservation organizations, if we are clear on our role, and our role is showing up with a strong amount of animal wildlife care and knowledge and experience in terms of disease and health and making sure that we're supporting those outcomes for wildlife, then we can partner with other organizations such as uh, the the Nature Conservancy that might be a real specialist in, in habitat conservation, our community leadership with the Northern Rangelands Trust in Northern Africa, where we, where we can actually all work together and collaborate on outcomes. And that's for us is really making sure that we're prioritizing our role in that space. Can you give us a specific example of how this collaboration would work in the wild? A- absolutely. Uh, I think one of my favorite examples is the example in Northern Kenya. So in Northern Kenya, we partner at a conservation location there titled, uh, our name Riteti, uh, the Riteti Elephant Sanctuary. It is the only uh, community-led elephant sanctuary in all of Africa. 
And that is really important because the community is standing out there in front saying, this matters. We need to protect the elephants around us. We need to protect our landscapes. And they've invited us in to help. So we show up there in a capacity where we're providing all of our veterinary experience, all of our nutrition experience, all, in all, all of our wildlife care experience, that we're providing that to that community. And really looking at capacity building across the community so that they can care and manage the Ritetti Elephant Sanctuary themselves over time. We're How many people would you say are involved in the Alliance? Well, we are partnered, our entire Alliance effort, we are partnered with hundreds of conservation organizations. Organizations like Northern Rangelands, Northern Rangelands Trust there in Northern Kenya, or we partner with Conservation International or the Nature Conservancy all there around Ritetti, all in service to that local community leadership. So we are a number of partners in that location, but around the world, it's, it's, it's well over 200 partners around the world. Let me ask you, I, I've seen stats on the extinction crisis that's going on. Could you give us an idea of how, how bad it is today? Yeah, it, it, is, it, is, um, it is not good, I think is a simple answer to it. Uh, in a world where climate change continues to be a threat, wildlife trafficking continues to be a threat, uh, you see these emerging diseases, as we just witnessed with COVID, continues to be a threat to wildlife. Uh, you look at everything that is happening around the world that has having an impact on wildlife. Uh, as populations move out of cities and more into the, the furthest regions of the globe, we're putting an impact and pressure on our forests. We're putting a greater impact on our oceans. So that is putting wildlife at risk all over the globe. And so the extinction crisis is very real. It's a very serious challenge that every conservation organization is trying to impact and drive a result from that can change the outcomes. And that's what really some of, What are some of the animals specifically that are in danger of, in, of extinction? Well, the one that I would say that is the closest to our heart is uh, the northern white rhino. The northern white rhino is, is a species where there's only two females left on the planet. Um, that's a species where we have been working for years to develop a way to ultimately bring that species back from extinction. And that's one where we pursue work right here on grounds at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park, where I am today, where we get to work with scientists every day to work on how we can bring that species back. We're pioneering artificial insemination technologies today to try to bring that species back from extinction. We're working with some southern white rhinos here. We have two newborns this last year that are both artificially inseminated newborns. And wow. so we get, to, we get to bring these two, these two guys to, to life as an effort to say one day we're going to be able to bring back northern white rhino. And on that journey, we start with our wildlife biodiversity bank right here where we have 12 distinct cell lines of northern white rhino, northern white rhino DNA. That 12 distinct cell lines will actually enable us one day to bring back an entire herd because to us, it's not just about trying to bring back one animal. We're only gonna be successful here if we can bring back an entire herd and reintroduce that herd to their, to their natural landscapes. Right, I remember I was on safari a few years ago in Tanzania and there was one rhino and it had 24-hour protection by a whole cadre of people. And uh, our guide was so excited. We saw it far off in the distance. 
And uh, I think he had never seen it before. And it was so tragic and so beautiful at the same time that they were caring so much for this for this precious animal. Um, are the elephants safe or the jaguars? I mean, what what uh, what are some of the other animals? I've read the statistics. Yeah. So so when we look at uh, let's like elephants, for example, elephants have obviously been under threat of poaching for a number of years. We've seen their populations declining greatly. Um, With the world shutting down with COVID, that has had a huge impact on local conservation efforts because many of the local conservation efforts in Africa are dependent on tourism. They're dependent on people coming in to visit. That's what funds a lot of the conservation work there. So when when you turn off that spigot and travel stops, you now are creating a greater threat to the elephant because the poachers are able to come out where there, there are, are not as many rangers available anymore to do that, especially as the rangers are following COVID protocols in their own country and staying indoors. So this is something that has been a real challenge uh, for the wildlife conservation community. And it really showcases where ourselves and other large conservation organizations who have continued to fund conservation work out there in the field, we've, we've maintained that this whole time. Even though our doors have been closed for five of the last 13 months, we have continued to support our conservation partners in the field because it it was essential that we continue to protect the elephants out there in northern Kenya. You know, I I just read that uh, gorillas at the San Diego Zoo had had caught COVID. What, What is happening in that regard now? Absolutely. Thank you for that question. The the gorillas um, were 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 found to be positive with the virus that causes COVID-19 back in early January. Uh, When that was identified, um, we immediately went into a mode of, okay, we we, we always suspected this was going to be a possibility. Uh, We've been vigilant for a whole year. This latest strain that has been that more transmittable strain that has come to California is the one that looks like that was the one that infected them. We, we aren't entirely sure exactly how it happens, but we believe it might've been an asymptomatic team member that might've just transmitted it before they knew that they were, they were positive with the virus. And shortly thereafter, we went into really looking to say, let's keep a close eye on the team. Let's make sure that we're doing everything we can to take care of them. And what has been remarkable is that we just announced this last week that they've emerge healthy from that dynamic, from that experience. So the, the troops survived, the troop made it through. Um, we couldn't be happier that our vet teams, our healthcare teams here on the ground have been managing that process constantly. And for us, what it does is it shines a real important light on our work, because here is a situation where gorillas got it, who were in human care, where we were able to take care of their vet needs. We were able to take care of all their health needs through this, making sure that they were going to to be, make it through. In the wild, the gorillas don't have that care. They don't have that 24-hour care. So we, we had it, we've been sharing that knowledge of what we gained from this with our partners in Africa, with our other partners who are out there working the wild with gorilla conservation. We had a call just this last week. We were talking about sharing what we learned so that those efforts that are taking place out in the wild are able to be more effective. Have any of the wild gorillas caught COVID? There have been no recorded um, incidents of that happening yet, but truly that's probably more a matter of the fact that tourism and travel was shut down. So you have less movement of the virus around, but, but it is something we know that gorillas, we know that all apes are at risk of this virus. Well, this is a really terrific and amazing project. How can listeners get involved in the mission? Is there a way? 
It's a great question. So first and foremost, we want to engage with all of your listeners to first engage with us on social media and learn about our mission. Learn, Come to our website, uh, San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance.org or SDZWA.org. Um, that's where we're showcasing all of our work with our partners. We're showcasing everything that we are committed to in terms of how we are prioritizing our work in the field, uh, following us on social, being a member of our alliance. We are encouraging everybody to join our alliance. Uh, that's how we're going to be able to turn things around. That's how we're going to be able to work with collaborators in bigger ways. We know the only way through this is to partner with other organizations who have other strengths. The, the, the challenges of wildlife are too great for any one organization to handle alone. So we need to band together and solve them together. And that's what our alliance is all about. So joining the organization as a member, becoming a donor, visiting our San Diego Zoo or Safari Park in person, all of that are ways that you can support the alliance. I just think some of my greatest travel experiences have been regarding animals. And I'm just wondering, I, I, I'm sure you've had some amazing ones. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that since our travelers are interested in all of that. Let's start with Africa, which is the place that people think of first. Uh, can you tell us about the habitats there? I, I, I get questions about the difference between parks, preserves, and the wild. Can you can you elucidate a little bit on that one? Well, that, that's a, a, an excellent question. Yes, when, when you look at Africa or you look at any region of the world where wildlife exists today, it is almost entirely all managed in some way. You have different, you have preserves, you have reserves, you, you, as you noted, you have parks. Um, those all have slightly different ways of managing wildlife, uh, but it's all managed in a way. Uh, you're managing how people access, you're managing what people are able to do. Um, managing those regions are really at its heart about managing people. Uh, it's about managing how people engage with wildlife, how they get to see it, how they might need to live around it. And so this is at the core of that. When you when you look at some of those differences, it, it's the, the, the details are what maybe set them apart. But at the core, it's really about trying to establish a way so that wildlife can continue to thrive all over the world. And it does take us as people finding ways to manage wildlife in a way so that everybody can eat, safely enjoy and, and, and see wildlife, as well as making sure that families and communities can be safe living around wildlife. My favorite experience I think of any I've ever had is the migration experience. Um, can you elucidate a little about that? The wildebeest migration of millions and millions of animals uh, that cross the Mara River and other rivers. And it's, tell us, have you seen it? Have you seen I, it? I have. I saw it a number of years ago. There is nothing like it on earth. Um, we also filmed it as one of my, my films in one of my prior days before I joined San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. It is uh, magnificent. It is one of the largest land migrations on the planet. It is extraordinary to see all of that wildlife and movement all through one region of the world. Uh, it really showcases what a thriving ecosystem could look like. Uh, one of the things that we are focused on here today is biodiversity. If we lose our biodiversity, we're going to lose things like that. These iconic moments in the world where we get to see wildlife thriving in spectacular ways, those will be lost unless we preserve biodiversity. Our work here at San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance is to maintain biodiversity around the globe in the areas where we're focused our work. 
Yeah, I, I, I think of that very often. It isn't just seeing it. It's, it's experiencing the fear. You see the animals are very, sometimes wait for days before they cross the river and then the, the brave ones cross. It's, it's a very emotional thing to see it. And you hear it. The sounds are amazing. And it's, it's, it's so nice to be able to see it on, on, uh, on film as well as, you know, so few can see it, but everyone can see it through, uh, through, you know, social media going online and so forth. Because, um, I, I don't think I'm, I'm trying to think of anything else that's quite as uh, engrossing <laughs> of all the animals. Is there one? Well, I, I, there, there are so many wildlife movements around the world, and some of them, many of them are driven by water. Um, water Such movement. as? If, if you look at the Delta, if you look at the Delta down in Botswana, when, when the Delta floods, it is a, a magnificent bringing to life of an entire region. And then it completely drains out. And to see life change and move and shift over that time is simply magnificent. And you see very much right there in the story of the Mara of how, sorry, in the story of the, of, of the Delta is how life thrives, but it has to move. And right. the elephant migration is one of the most magnificent elephant migrations in all the planet that's driven entirely by the Alcavenga Delta water changes. And it's just, it's magnificent to watch. So I've, I've had the honor of, of getting to see that at a couple of years ago, and there's just nothing like it. Wow. Have you been to the gorillas of Rwanda, Uganda, or, I, yes? I have, not, I, I have <laughs> not gone. I've gone there in film, but I've never actually gone there in person. Yeah. Uh, it is extraordinary, the work that is done there. Yeah, I know. It's one of my bucket list things. I, I always wanted, there's, there's, there are upland gorillas and uh, lower lowland gorillas, I guess. There is a place uh, in Gabon, I think, is the place where you would see the people who can't go high in, for altitude problems. There are gorillas, uh, lowland gorillas as well. But I, I still want to see that. Uh, what safari? What type of safari have you taken? I know there. I've taken four types. Uh, I've been in a Land Rover. I've been on foot. I've been on a river safari, and I've been on a night safari where you see the little animals. With the bright shiny eyes, is there is there one you you like best, or or do you recommend uh, all four? Well, I, I will say going on safari with a conservation organization is, I think, a remarkable way to experience wildlife because there are many operators out there who can take you to see things that are extraordinary. But learning about the ecosystem, learning about the wildlife, learning truly from a conservationist perspective what that can look like is extraordinary. And those are opportunities that are growing. We're seeing more people before the pandemic caused everything to close down. We saw that global travel really start to take off where people were wanting to see, understand how ecosystems work, understand how wildlife is all interdependent out there. So I, I find any one of those is exceptional. Um, and it's truly, it's magnificent to see. I've had the honor of traveling all over the world from Asia to Alaska to 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 uh, Antarctica, and it is one is these are places that when you visit, you can't believe that you get to see wildlife in the way that that these excursions can get you out there to see. And it's so important for people to to learn about wildlife. And there are so many people who can't travel, who cannot go there for their work to go pursue conservation work. And that's our role here at San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance is to bring those trips home to showcase people online through webcams and other uh, content where they get to see the wildlife from around the world, learn about it here both on-site and online, and be inspired to protect the world. That, that is 
something that we feel is core to our mission is that interpretive element, that educational element. Yeah, the, the zoos are amazing in so many ways for that reason and for conservation. Uh, I've been to many zoos. I know uh, some are specializing in gorillas. I have heard the Bronx Zoo is very good for that. I remember a walrus at the Indianapolis Zoo that was alone for a long time, and they finally found a partner, and everyone was so happy. There's a, there's a real feeling about the animals' uh, closeness. Uh, the cities very often, uh, you know, showcase these animals. It's very important. And it's wonderful that you don't have to travel all the way to Antarctica to see penguins, for example. I have been to Antarctica. I saw more penguins in the zoo when we were there. It was misty, so I didn't get to see as many as I, as I did at some of the zoos. So it is wonderful to have that opportunity. Let me ask you about the Galapagos. Have you been there? I have not. Yeah, I have. And, and I just wondered... Uh, that's another area. The animals are very different there. I know they're having some problems with crowds. Do you know um, if that's being taken care of a little bit too in terms of conservation? Yeah, we, we are working on some species there in around the Galapagos Islands. It is something that is a priority region for us. The Pacific Islands hub is one of our eight conservation hubs that are going to be one of our focal points going forward. Uh, and so it is an area that we are looking at saying, if we have some specialized skills with some species, particularly there around some iguanas, uh, if we can provide some skill, how can we bring that skill in and support other partners that are going to be focused on population, human population management or wildlife, uh, you know, uh, protected areas? Uh, all of that is going to be a piece of the puzzle there. Do you have any other favorite areas like Alaska or, or uh, I, that's fabulous for animals as well. Is, is that one of yours? Yeah, your favorites? I had, I had the, a remarkable opportunity to go to Katmai National Park a number of years ago and, and got to visit and walk amongst bears, uh, brown bears there, uh, who were no further away than six, seven feet away. And to have that experience um, where you realize really the power of that animal when you're, when you're in by a stream, and you're seeing them walk right by you, there is nothing like it on earth to have that experience. And so uh, I certainly found that to be one of the most magical moments I've ever had in the wild, uh, because you really understood the scale of nature. Well, the, the topic of our podcast is Places I Remember. Would you consider that your favorite memory, or do you have another one that you would want to share with us? That would be one of my favorite, without a doubt. Um, I've had, I've been very fortunate to go around the world and support conservation work across the globe. Um, that certainly would be would be absolutely one of them. I'd say another one that would be particularly special would be a trip that I did to China a number of years ago and was there at the, at the Panda Reserve. And that's an example of a, of a project actually that we here at San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance have been supporting panda conservation um, for, for decades. And a huge part of our identity has been the panda that has been a, a visitor here at the San Diego Zoo for a number of years. Um, we, that, the, the pair just left here in 2019. Uh, we look forward to having the back one day, but it's that relationship and that partnership with, uh, with Wulong and our partners there in China that have yielded some remarkable conservation outcomes. So when we think about places to visit, I certainly think of China as being a magnificently beautiful country, uh, a place with incredible commitment to panda conservation in which that we've been able to support over the years. Wow. Thank you very much. Can you tell us again how listeners can get involved in the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance mission? Absolutely. We welcome everybody to join our alliance by either becoming a member 
are supporting us through donations uh, or also joining uh, to attend a uh, visit either our zoo, San Diego Zoo or Safari Park. Um, whenever they get a chance to come to San Diego, we would absolutely welcome that. Uh, they can also follow us on all of our social channels, which we would greatly appreciate that as we share not only the ongoings of our conservation work here at the San Diego Zoo and Safari Park, but also uh, all of our partnering collaborative work around the world. Okay, thank you so very much, Paul, for joining us and for what you are doing to help animals worldwide. We wish you the best of luck in your mission under your new brand. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember, so follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, placesiremembrelealane.com, and keep making your own travel memories.